Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special Programs in Action episode of The Ethicast. I'm your host, Bill Coffin, and with me today is Dwayne Stumpf, General Head of Integrity and Compliance for Alcon, a Swiss-American pharmaceutical and medical device company specializing in eye care products. Alcon is headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland, and has a major presence in Fort Worth, Texas. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Bill, and thanks for uh, having me. So we're going to be talking about a really interesting program that you're working with at Alcon called The Lens. So Dwayne, can you tell us what The Lens is and what it's solving for? Yeah, look, simply put, The Lens is a policy. Um, you know, as a company that markets and uh, manufactures and sells, you know, life-enhancing medical products, we are highly regulated in, in how we promote, market, sell our products to healthcare professionals, consumers, and patients. The lens is the policy that informs how we interact in the marketplace. Um, you know, it's a five, it's built around five core principles, things like, you know, we put patients and consumers first, we engage for appropriately, we research for the right reasons, things like this. And it includes 10 simple policy uh, areas around our high risk areas of interaction. The lens training which we're, we're talking about, which was um, really how do we go about communicating about that and, and gaining traction about that policy. So when you talk about communications and, and trying to get a policy in front of your, your audience, your stakeholders, what are some of the challenges that you faced that kind of led you to developing uh, the content we're going to be talking about in today's episode? Yeah, look, you know, it's been a journey for us. You know, we, we've done, I think, a really good job of, of creating in a simple policy um, that's easy to read, it's easy to find, it's accessible, it's got good guidance in it. We've built a lot of the things directly into to our systems, you know, our business systems, so we don't have separate a lot of separate compliance systems. So we've done a really nice job of doing that. We branded it. Um, the lens, it's a focus on integrity because we're an eye care company. So we've got incredibly good name recognition around the policy. Um, in a very short period of time on that. Um, so, you know, we, we've done a lot of work on the communications around the policy. Um, and for the most part, that's been great. It's worked really well. People understand it, the, the, the lens, they follow the lens, they know where to find it and, and such. What we found was really our core gap was around, you know, what I'll call the life happens moments these things where stuff comes at you really fast and you weren't really prepared for it, right? And so the, what we sought to, to really accomplish was how do we create what I'll call that sticky moment in your brain, carve out that little bitty section of it so that when those life happens moments, if we can just get you to stop a nanosecond, we have a much better chance of winning. Um, and that was really our motivation for this. How do we create that sticky moment in, in a in a in a training or experience for our associates. So my understanding is that you have created a a series of short videos to to communicate the precepts of of the lens. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a five episode, what we'll call uh, an interactive animated compliance experience. We really don't call it necessarily a training all the time um, because it it really is somewhat immersive. For, for the individuals to really kind of you know jump into the the environment. Fantastic. Now, 
my understanding is that you kind of created these spots to sort of connect with each other uh, so that they can be viewed almost in a Netflix style binge of content, if you will. Is that is that right? Yeah. So when I talked about the lens, you know, we built it around five core um, uh, uh, principles and and there's, clear, you know, not by by chance, five episodes to this to this uh, uh, experience. And so, yeah, it follows, it's a journey. It follows two sales reps um, and, and, and through various activities and, and such, it ends with a, an interesting twist, um, which gives us an opening to go to more, more things at some point, but it, it really does follow the journey of two sales reps through uh, a, a series of kind of somewhat mishaps and activities that, that happen to them. Now, video content is sort of a holy grail for a lot of folks in the communications business in terms of, you know, it tracks really well, it's fun to make, uh, it has a long shelf life, the engagement tends to be high, um, but it's not just something that anybody can do. It takes a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of coordination. So can you talk a bit about, you know, basically the process of how did you go about creating, creating these videos? Yeah, look, it's not our first foray into it. I'd say we've we've tried to do other things with videos, short little pieces and and such. This was new for us because it it wasn't just a video that you sat and watched. It was a video that engaged you at times and asked you to interact with it at times. You know, for you know, this this really entailed finding the right partner um, who understood what we were trying to accomplish who had their own vision of things and, and a good balance. And we used a group called Labyrinth Training um, that, to help us with that. And it, it was a really good partnership to come up with this, this, this fun experience for us. Well, I don't want to tease this out any further because I really want to you know, show people what this looks like a little bit. So my understanding is that you have a trailer of this whole, this whole product, right? Yeah, look, we, we you mentioned it, we launched this and, and we promoted this as kind of a Netflix style binge worthy event. Um, we had five uh, train episodes of training. They're standalone little training episodes. We launched them all at one time. We gave our associates six months to complete it, um, but we asked them to complete at least the first episode in 30 days. We spent uh, weeks promoting it around campus with movie posters and signage and e-boards and, and such. And it included a, a movie trailer, um, as you said. So I'm happy to show it. Hello there. I'm Sir Reginald Bartholomew, renowned star of stage, screen, and cinema. Hmm. When the good people at Alcon approached me to play Dr. Nathaniel Rogers in their upcoming series, The Lens, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Wait now, who's that? Sorry, I can fix that. Who are you? It's not important. Where am I? Excuse me, I seem to be in some sort of doctor's office. Well, this is completely unacceptable. You might as well just roll the clip. Okay, here we go. was the most incredible thing I've ever seen.
in all my years. This is why you have agents in the first place. That's outstanding. I love that. I seem to recall you mentioning something where some of the equipment in that trailer actually is actually locations you would see at the Alcon campus. Is that right? Yeah. Look, we we spent a lot of time thinking, maybe overthinking parts of this. Um, but I talked about trying to make things sticky. Um, and how do you do that? And so, you know, we looked at it and said there's there's really three ways we're trying to really hook people in. The first was visually. Right, they, you you see them a, a, a trade show booth. That is our actual trade show booth um, in animated form. You see in an operating room and some other areas equipment. That's actually pieces of our surgical equipment um, animated. The color schemes are exactly the right. The dimensions are are right. The detail on it was really really fun to do. Um, you know, and the animation gave us a, a lot of ways to do things that, that didn't get awkward with human actors. It was, and quite frankly, was a lot easier um, to do. You know, so we, the first was the visual effect. We also tried to hook them, you know, we get right into the humor um, and such. And then the final sticky part was that everything in here is really a, a true thing that happened um, with a twist, obviously. You saw spiraling eyes with flashing colors. That's never yeah. happened ever. Have there been, you know, mishaps with products? Sure, every company has them. Um, but so there were similarities to, to events that those things that felt real to our associates. Now you've made five episodes. About how long does each episode run for? Each one ranged from seven to eleven minutes. Okay, uh, so they're not long. Yeah, but that's almost an hour of content. That that that's pretty amazing. I mean, you can you can you can get through that easily underneath a underneath a, a lunch hour. Yeah, it, it was it's almost an hour of content, but each episode was, you know, it's it's kind of the blues clues approach, right? We get through something very, very quick. Yeah. Each each episode had two learnings to it. So there was an act one and an act two. Um, and, you know, you could the idea was if you were a sales rep, you could sit in your car between calls if you had to wait for somebody and watch an episode. So anybody who sees this trailer and goes, oh, man, I would love to replicate this for my own organization. I think one of the first questions that's going to come to mind is how long did all this take? This was a COVID baby for us, um, you know, and and you know, this came up. Uh, the idea came about during COVID um, and and what, you know, it took me a while to get on board to doing, you know, think through it and and such. Um, once we started, it probably took us a year. That was on my part, our part, not the vendor's part. Um, you know, we, we took our time. We had a lot of other things going on. And so we kind of thought through each of these things uh, a little bit, maybe more than we needed to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we were all in by the time we, from start to translating each of the five into 17 different languages um, and getting it set up and figuring out how to launch it like a Netflix series um, and, and such. It, it took us about a year. So when did the videos go live? The videos went live in July of last year, 2020. Fantastic. Okay. And, and what has the reaction been from people who've seen them? Look, the, the, that's been the most fun of this is, you know, why we promoted it and we were hearing, we were getting some weird looks. Um, we didn't talk about it much before that. Um, so 
almost immediately people started showing up at my office, uh, you know, talking about it. We actually, I'll, I'll say the biggest win of it all was probably the fact that our CEO within 48 hours of our launching it kind of stopped, came by humming one of the original songs in there going, don't do it, Martin. Um, and, uh, you know, and just said one word, um, genius. And he wasn't talking about me. Uh, you know, he, he definitely wasn't thinking I was the genius. Here, but the, the concept of the training and the way it, it happened was 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 really good. We did have one area. There's one complaint that we got a lot of, um, and it wasn't the length, because again, it was an hour of con you know not quite an hour of content. And yeah. any other time, I would think about putting an hour of content together. The number of complaints about that would be you know quite a bit. Um, the one complaint is we use a little another little sticky trick in there of some of the res the areas where we ask you to respond there's not a right answer. Um, and some percentage of people, and it's larger than you would think, just hate the idea, just hate it, of not being able to answer a question right. Um, we do it intentionally. It's not the first time we've used it. This is the one we got the biggest reaction to. And the funny thing was, every time somebody would complain about that, we would, you know, we ask, I'm sorry, tell me a little bit about where, where did we miss something? Let's talk about that. And they could recite the example, the scenario, almost to a word. And I would just kind of smile at them and say, tell me another e-learning that you remember that much about. <laughs> Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, I, you know, I have to wonder if maybe that's tripping sort of a, like a test out reaction people tend to have, you know, where they get used to, you know, paying attention to these, these kinds of uh, things. And, um, you know, if they, if they get the answer right, then they get a, a reward of some kind. Yeah, look, I think it's it's what we employ sometimes, right? It's it's the type of a personalities a lot of times, and you know they just they they get through they go through school, they go through college, all of these advanced degrees and things like this, and and just answering a question wrong just just feels bad to them. I do love your anecdote though about how people could recite chapter and verse where exactly they went they went wrong, and you're right. Uh, most training communications don't have that level of stickiness. People just don't hang on to them that well. So that, that's pretty That's pretty amazing. Um, I have to ask, have you gathered any metrics on how well this is performed in terms of viewership? Like how many times people have, have, have watched them? How many people have watched them? Anything like that? Yeah, um, so I don't, I can't remember the exact stats on the number of people. We do track actually people watching it more than once, which is also an anomaly for a, a learning experience. Yeah, um, we have had some do that. I, I mentioned we gave them six months to complete. And usually, like most companies, we're chasing people to complete training. Um, within the first 60 days, we had 81%. We, we launched the course to over 9,000 people. There are some of our 30,000 people that don't get it. If you're working in manufacturing, this doesn't make sense to, to train yeah. on. Um, so we launched this to around 9,000 people. 80, uh, 81%, I think, finished the whole series within 60 days, the majority of those binged straight through in a single wow. sitting. Um, so it, it, was, it was great. Have you had any other kind of uh, training or communication initiative that experienced those kinds of those kinds of numbers? No, no, we usually are, you know, I can't say we're like every company on this because I don't know every other company, but we certainly are usually having to chase people 
a bit to do their trainings, lots of reminders. We didn't send a single reminder in those 60 days, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our signage was still up and, and things and, and such. Um, but we didn't send a single reminder that we, we, uh, within the six months, we hit about 97, 98% of wow. those 9,000 people finished all five episodes. We'll, you know, we, we, we then started with the reminders for that last 3% and, and mm -hmm. such, but it, it's been really good. The one other interesting thing that I've never had happen, which was people that weren't assigned the training at all asked to have the training. <laughs> now, now, was that because they heard about the videos and wanted to watch the videos? Yeah, they, they, they'd seen our ads, they'd seen the, 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 the trailer, things like that. And, uh, you know, we had, like I said, we had movie posters, some of which were six foot tall around campuses, our campuses and things. And so it was, uh, you know, um, it was a fun experience. Yeah. And like I said, when we had a couple of people in our manufacturing facilities and others around that you know, didn't, we didn't assign the training to that, that said, Hey, can I take the training? This might be the first time I've ever encountered somebody who managed to conjure a sense of FOMO around a training <laughs> experience. So my hat is off to you. Well done. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's been a fun experience with it. The challenge for us is what's next. That's, that's been, that's been the next challenge. What's next. Right. So how do you springboard off of something like this? Because, you know, when I talk to, to professionals who have a successful training or communications campaign, they always talk about how it builds a sense of trust. It builds a sense of goodwill with the department. It gets people to see uh, ethics, integrity, and compliance, not as an oppositional force, but as a collaborative force and, and you know, people who, who understand them a little bit. And so you have that extra sense of buy-in and engagement, and you, you want to strike while the iron's hot. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of organizations struggle with that, with that follow-up. So what do you have in mind to capitalize on the success of this? I'm not sure I can share all my little secrets here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I, I can say there are some interesting things that we are working on. You know, first around this, the lens as you know, uh, experience itself, um, the two, you know, not to ruin the storyline because everybody can watch this. It's on, it's out there, uh, in, on the, uh, the internet and findable that, that, um, that people can watch it. Um, but you know, it, it is the experiences around two sales reps that are going through these experiences. The, 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 the kind of secret ending is that, you know, that actually it's one sales rep who's dreaming about starting his new job the next day. Um, and he's thinking you know, all of these things happened uh, to him. And so it's our, first of all, it's our new hire training for anybody in a commercial role, you know, so we'll get to use this training for experience for quite some time. Um, I also noted that the way it ended gave us some options to continue to take these characters into, okay, we had one five episode thing. How do we then come out with smaller micro learnings every year that kind of build onto that experience? And so we're doing that. We're taking the policy and we've been taking the policy into an online interactive um, mobile ready uh, experience for our associates, you know, kind of that next step of, in accessibility. We're incorporating the characters into that online experience for them, including working on you know, how do we create kind of an FA, interactive FAQ with the 
the characters actually answering the questions. Um, so we're working on some of those pieces. Um, and look, it's opened the platform, if you will, to say, okay, I can, I can keep pushing a little bit further. What's the next thing that just pushes this just a bit further? I will eventually probably be pushed too far, but you know, we're going to wait and see where that is. So for anyone out there who wants to create something like this, this video series that you've created here for their own organizations, um, but they don't have experience in creating this kind of content, what are some first steps that you would recommend that they take? Yeah, look, it's, it's all the pitfalls that, that are, and challenges that, that we probably had. Um, first, I would say, find somebody to steal from, and that's, that's what we did. Um, you know, I got to give credit out to, to another, I, you know, I think Bella member um, in uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev. Um, you know, I, I said it was a COVID baby. I was listening to a podcast um, on third-party risk and making, you know, training fun and engaging. And they were on this podcast with the Labyrinth Training talking about, you know, the training they had put out to, on, and it included these cows and, and such. And I didn't quite grasp it, but they talked about how people were the next day talking about the cows. And I'm like, I really want my cow experience. Um, through Ethosphere, we were able to, we had, we were doing some work and we put together a, a virtual summit, if you will, a virtual roundtable together um, that a ABNBEV participated in and they showed some of their training to us, um, which made me convinced I wanted my cow uh, experience. Uh, so, you know, we, we, quite frankly, where I'd start with is feel free to, to you know, whether it's steal or borrow or or whatever content, you know, this is the beauty of, of participating with Esphere and such for us is that we've got a lot from. The other is, you know, avoid, the, the pit, first pitfall for us was to avoid the, what I'll call, you know, our, our, our natural inclination to feel like we've got to over-inform. Um, that was our biggest thing is like, we kept going in these, maybe the first challenge for us is the script started getting into the, you know, each episode started to get into the 15, 20 minute range. And we had to remind ourselves, we weren't trying to teach them every rule. We just needed to, to, to create a hook in their brain to say, oh, I remember Spiralize, or I remember this song or something that brought them back to, to just taking a moment and saying, I should check the policy on such. So, so that was the, the first pitfall. Um, the second thing, I would recommend is don't ask permission. Um, you know, I, I've heard this from other people. Is this would never work at my organization, um, and I will tell you, we thought the same thing. Um, but I had started pushing the envelope on other things a while ago, and so um, you know, I've learned to just not ask permission. I figure if I'm going to get in trouble for you know creating interesting, engaging training, I'm, you know, we got bigger problems. And so uh, you know, yeah. but if you go and you say I'm going to create this animated experience that kind of mocks some of our customers in a real gritty sort of way, I probably would have gotten some, some sideways looks and some guidance to maybe not do that. And so we didn't ask. Um, and the third for us, again, it was, you know, find, find somebody who's fun to work with. Um, if you'll find, find a partner you can work with because you can't necessarily 
you can we could do it and we've done a lot of these things on our own and created our own content we could have never done this you know at this skill level on our own and so you know for us it was finding that right partner in labyrinth training finding somebody who didn't just make fun training but for us actually it became you know part of why it took a year is that we had fun making it um and uh and it, it was just such a fun experience to make it we had some things that you know i'll talk about there are things on the cutting room floor that uh we may rehash and use in future episode things but but they were um you know there was a lot of fun being had in that in in that development well one of the amazing things about when you harness storytelling for something like this is that it can be so powerful and you can cover so much ground in a short period of time and really sink into people but also um yeah a lot of stuff ends up on the cutting room floor and it's always uncertain are you going to use it again is it really going to be lost forever um and it's always kind of fun when you get to go back and take a look at pieces that didn't make it in that first iteration and go look how does this inform what we want to do next or is there, is there a new context that we can apply this to or is this simply just a learning experience we can chalk up to the skill we've built telling our story yeah, look, one of the first challenges is that there were things that I ended I ended up cutting out thinking, okay, that that went just too far. That one went too far on the humor, too far on the grittiness, the snarkiness, if you will. Let's take that one out. Yeah. And and after we've launched it, I'm looking back at it and go, mm, I think I can get by with that now. Fantastic. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for now, Dwayne. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us and for giving us a sneak peek at the lens. Thanks, Bill. This has been a lot of fun for me. Well, I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been The Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethisphere Resource Center at ethisphere.com slash resources. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.